What is going on? Well, the intro kind of worked a bit. What's up? What's up, everybody? Serpents and Doves family, so, so good to see everybody. Oh, man, I miss you guys. I miss sitting down here. I missed uh, talking end times. I missed talking last days. I missed talking encouragement, and I missed, most of all, talking Jesus. I love it. Zach, brother, Spyro, what is up, dude? <laughs> yeah, you laugh. I got it right. I got it right. What's going on, yeah. brother? Oh, just another day waiting for the Lord to come, man. man. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. That's for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, dude, I, I just want to make sure th there's no wretched site yet, right? No, no, no website. Okay, cool. Because I scoured the internet looking for one and I came up empty handed. And so I just want to make sure that I didn't miss something. And uh, okay, cool. Let me get rid of the names. There we go. I should have that as like one of the little soundboards. So when we say something that's just really great, it just, it, you know, that that heavenly choir just plays. So the angels singing. Yes, the angels. So uh, Just Vicky said, Pablo and Zach, hello from Ohio. Hello, Just Vicky. What is What's going up, on, Vic? folks? Hey, listen, everyone. I know I got off of doing this. Uh, I just like to know where everybody's from. So if you guys wouldn't mind letting me know where y'all are from, I love to see how the body of Christ just comes together and uh, is unified, and this is just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, dude, is it... Okay, Where? what state are you in? I am in the great state of Texas. Oh, you're a Texas. You're like uh, good old yeah. Pete Garcia and uh, Tyler. Good oh, old yeah. Tyler from Jen. It's a place to be. That's right. Okay, what part? Are you Are you north, south, where? Uh, all the way south, uh, Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi. Oh, you're, you're down south. You're all oh, the yeah. way down there, dude. So Almost Mexico, man. Orale, andele, Zaque, Spyro. Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. Hey, listen, I could do that. I I speak El Español, so um, you don't want me to start getting on voices again. That's not good. Yeah, we don't do that. But anyways. Do the helium voice with the Spanish. Yeah, you like that. Hola, le gusta a todos. Como están? Muchas gracias. All right, there you go. I did that. I... <laughs> We'll get that out of the way Just right now. Just for me, man. Just for you, dude. We did it. We did. It. Okay. I have to say that flag behind you is beautiful. Mine is actually right here, right in front of me. But I now, love. Do you seeing... have the regular fifty star or I, the yeah. Betsy Ross? No, you've got the good Betsy Ross one, dude. I got the fifty star one. But you know what? It just I look up and it reminds me of what God has done. Every time I look at that flag, what God has done, He really did shed His grace on this country man so mm -hmm. it's a beautiful reminder i love it love it love it dude this is good okay so dude we got a lot to cover um and uh i want to talk about you i you, i know how much you love the spotlight <laughs> you know it dude flipping it around <laughs> twisting the words around right okay oh, yeah. can i say something look see where i'm sitting i've told people this before i end up going Sink. I, I sink. I slouch in my seat. That is so bad. Sorry, bad manners. Okay, look. Look at that. Wow, I actually could sit up tall. That's great. Add attention, man. Come I, on. Now. I know. Ten. I feel disrespected. Okay. Right. Okay, folks. So let's do. Let's do the housekeeping. Let's. Let's get through that. Um. Let's. You know what? We're already here. This is. Uh. T dude, why am I talking? Talk us through your your uh, YouTube channel. What you got going on? The different videos, and uh, maybe. I, okay, so question, hold on. Let me come back here. Okay. If I play one of your bobbleheads, am I going to get dinged for copyright? Depends on which one. Okay, 
Which one can I play that I won't get dinged for copyright? Um, you could probably do Pete Wants Bread. Okay, Pete Wants Bread. Folks, yeah. I'm telling you, he does these bobblehead things that are just, they're, they're amazing. They're hilarious. Um, <laughs> let me, okay, let's get on over there. First of all, talk us through your, your, uh, your YouTube channel. Folks, if you haven't gone over there, go over there. And as you can see, I'm subscribed. Subscribe to his channel. Uh, he's got a lot of great stuff over here. A lot, a lot of wonderful stuff. So uh, look, dude, that's great. So I use vidIQ for some stuff. You're my competitor. Did you know that? Oh, snap. We got a war going <laughs> we now. We got a war. That's so good. Add <laughs> competitor. All right. So walk, talk us through it, dude. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is my YouTube channel. Um, you know, they get the classic trailer, kind of just a quick description of kind of the style that I do and the subjects that I talk about. Um, and then as you can see, I've actually got a, a show tonight. I do a live show every Tuesday. It's called the watchtower. It is not Jehovah's witness. Don't worry. <laughs> Hold on, dude. Not. Hold on. I got to get over here. Oh man. I wonder how many people think that you're a J dub. So this all is gonna... all <laughs> the time, all the time. When I had Pete on for the first time and he had a whole bunch of people come over to watch that show. I don't know how many emails and comments where it's like, wow, why is Pete on a Jehovah's Witness show? And I was like, it's not Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Listen, folks, we're gonna hit uh we're gonna hit Zach over the head with the Bible and try to convert him from uh the watchtower over. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. That I is hijacked the watchtower. <laughs> you now totally it's, did. Now it's the real stuff. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Okay, keep going, dude. <laughs> And then, uh, so what I do is I do a live show every Tuesday. And then what I ended up doing is I take clips uh, from the different parts of the show because some people don't want to sit through the whole thing. And then it's also easier to share certain subjects. And so I go through a whole bunch of different stuff, technology to uh, what's going on in the church to, I mean, anything, the war stuff, all that. Um, and then, of course, you got the, the regular live streams and stuff. And then I kind of got some other special stuff like the bobblehead adventures okay. yeah these are right here which one is it dude you told me which one will i not get dinged um it playing? should be pete wants bread the second one. Oh, it's one the second one right okay this one right here yeah oh my land dude this one is okay let me see if it plays folks i'm gonna play this video if you guys just give me a thumbs up and let me know that you can actually hear the audio on this um wait hold on let me let me stop this because for some reason, I'm not hearing it. And if I'm not hearing it, you guys aren't hearing it. So give me a quick second <laughs> while I do this. All right, <laughs> here we go. Pause right there. Yeah, that, that's a good pause. If you, I'm sure you guys recognize that. It's so good. Oh, man. Hold on. And by the way, if any of you guys were wondering what I just stepped on, I just stepped on my dog's squeaky toy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know this is it. This is the way I roll. I literally have. Hold on. I got to come over here, folks. I'm sorry. I walked over here to turn the external speakers off so I don't get feedback. And the little toy is right here. And of all the places I could put my foot down, I put it on the squeaky toy. So there you go. You guys got a good squeaky toy. All right. Let me see. Let me rewind this and see if. Uh, <laughs> There we go. Get any bread. Just forget it. Let it go. Um, excuse me. Uh, I think you forgot my bread. Bread? Two dollars extra. Two dollars? But everyone in front of me got free bread. You want bread? Yes, please. Three dollars! <laughs> what? No soup for you! 
All right, that was so good. And there you go. There are the stars of that bobblehead. Dude, how much time do you spend doing those? Uh, it's It doesn't take too much time. Um, pretty much got it down to a thing. Usually what takes the most time is trying to get through it without laughing so much. I laugh at my own <laughs> jokes. And so that's usually what takes the most time. I'm trying to progress and make them bigger and longer and stuff. So I got some ideas in the future. Hopefully we'll get some uh, more funny stuff. Oh, man. this. So listen, folks, I, I want to encourage you guys. Go to uh, Zach's YouTube channel. Subscribe. Check out the bobbleheads. They're hilarious. And there's just so much stuff here. You you even have an entire playlist on The Chosen. I talked about that for a bit, but you go pretty much in-depth on some of this stuff, yeah. Um, which is great, man. Your your thumbnails are superb as well, dude. They're really, really Fine. good. Yeah, they're, they're, you're, you're like Photoshop master. So I, Well, I don't know. Do you use Photoshop or something else? No, man. Nothing. I told you free programs. free programs. I just find free stuff and there just go you go. For it. And it works. Very, very cool. So, folks, please go over there, subscribe, support his channel. And then I'll just come on over here, uh, Serpents and Doves. Sign up for the video newsletter. I get to it when I get to it, hopefully soon. I'm going to make those videos unlisted or private on YouTube. That way, nobody can get to them except for those that are subscribed to the email. So just put your email there, hit send, and we're golden. All the stuff's here. Um, my brother, Ron, he just posted another one. He has been posting these really, really good short blogs, and I want to encourage everybody to go check them out. They're really, really good. So also, if you enjoy the content, if you feel led by the Lord to come alongside the ministry and support it, and I can't tell you just how much that helps out, um, you could click the donate button just right on, uh, right on over here on the top right hand side, and these are the ways that you can support the ministry. And as always, always most important, I mean this, your prayers. I can't tell you just when people write in and say, "Hey, I'm praying for you, praying for your family." Zach, I'm sure the same thing with you. Oh, yeah. Prayers are huge because we know there's a covering over us, and uh, that is the most important thing. It really is. It's just this sense of of peace, right? Shalom that we yep. we know is over us because the prayers. And likewise, you guys send in prayer requests, and we pray for you guys as well. So, all right, we um we covered a good a good chunk, but let's talk about you, man. Let's dive on in. Let's talk about you first. I want people to know who Zach is. You're not a J Dub. You're not Watchtower. <laughs> you just you just hijacked the name and now you made oh, it yeah. legit. So, uh, talk to us, dude. How? Tell us. Okay, tell us when a bit about your testimony, who you are, who you were before Christ, BC days, and then uh, how you how did you get into talking about Bible prophecy, that love of Bible prophecy, wanting to be the watchman, right? Because we're all watchmen. We're gonna kind of touch on that real quick in Ezekiel. So uh, it's I'm going to turn it over to you because folks want to hear you. They don't want to hear me. So floor is yours, brother. Uh, all right. So um, <clears throat> I kind of, I, I became a Christian, uh, accepted Jesus uh, when I was nine years old. It was actually at a church camp. Um, you know, sometimes as you, you're younger, you, when you're growing up in church, I always grew up in in a strong biblical uh, family. My parents were fantastic with that. Um, but, you know, it's just sometimes you get got to wait until you get that age before you truly know who Jesus is. And That's I was right. nine years old when when that happened. So I was at church camp. And surprisingly enough, I don't know why they were doing it at a church camp with nine-year-olds, but there's somebody up there saying, if you think that you may have a a desire to enter the ministry in some type of way, stand up. And for some reason, I 
stood up. I don't know why. Amen. Um, but, and it was also about the same time that I ended up getting into music too, because I grew up in a musician uh, centric family. I, everybody in my family uh, had some type of instrument. So I became a drummer and that was pretty much the love of my life. I wanted to do it in any way possible. So got hooked up playing for the youth uh, worship team at the different churches that I attended to. And then I finally, when I got old enough, I was on the main uh, worship team and everything. And then that was when I had the desire to, I want to make this a ministry. I want to use this for the Lord beyond the church. I want to actually have a band, move it forward and do do that type of stuff. So I was contacting different musicians. Um, I ended up um, filling in for a show for Point of Grace, which is probably the highlight of my drumming career. That's cool, man. If you guys know yeah. that. And then, yeah, so I took, took me across. I grew up in California, got connected with uh, a guy from uh, a Christian rock band called Jonah 33. Don't know if anybody has ever heard of them. Um, and he pulled me out to Arkansas Nothing happened to that. I ended up just playing for his church. And then that's when I started getting hooked up with the NAR movement. Ah. I started getting connected to the charismatic church and everything. And so I grew up in a biblically sound church, but I wouldn't say my discernment level was off the charts. So I didn't really know what was going on. And so I ended up going there and then anything I could do to make, make my come true i put my desire above the reason why i wanted to do it which was to bless the lord to make him the focus and so i just i got so hooked up into it and then as i was going along that's when the holy spirit started tugging on my heart he was tugging on my heart saying something's not right something's not right because as i was playing this this worship music in church something wasn't right yeah and so i finally after several years of kind of pushing that away because I didn't want it to disrupt my, my dream, my desire. Um, I looked into it and I discovered the NAR movement and how it's the biggest tool right now that Satan is using for pushing this one world religion together. Okay. So hold on, pause right there, dude. I'm going to do that. I'm going to interrupt and I'm good at that. It's your Uh, show. No, 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 no. Uh, The reason why I want to do that is so you were in the NAR movement. NAR is uh, the New Apostolic Reformation Movement. And so uh, just talk to us a bit. What was it um, about the NAR that turned you off, that the Lord actually showed you about the NAR movement? It was the music. Um, Okay, talk to us about the music. Like what what particular about Because... I know there's. Uh, I did talk with Kim about this in in depth about the music, but I want to hear it from you because you were in it as well firsthand. Yeah, yeah. So it's the music. Okay, so the 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 music. See what I, the reason why I was kind of pushing off the discernment, the the tugging of the Holy Spirit was. I thought, oh, it's a preference thing. I yeah. don't really necessarily that's not i don't like the style of the modern worship music stuff so i just kept feeding it to that it's like oh i just don't really care about the style and stuff but it just kept tugging at me i was like something's right and as i was going along i kept hearing little whispers here and there from like how this music could be for be used by satan for this type of stuff and i was just like oh you guys are whacked out because at this point you know everything is just in my mind of oh this is this is all right this is okay and so i was I don't know. It just something, 
I'm sure you've had this at least once in your when, once in your life where it's all of a sudden the Holy Spirit takes a baseball bat to your conscience. No, never. It's never. I'm totally kidding, dude. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, dude. Yeah. Well, there, there's really no other way to put it. It was yep. just all of a sudden I just got slammed with this saying, dude, stop, listen to me and look into this. Yeah. And so I started looking into it. And the first thing that I came across was actually a sermon. I uh, can't remember the guy's name. Uh, he's actually from Texas, um, Kingston, I believe. I can't remember his name. But he went through all this stuff about Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, yeah. these these NAR churches. And he was going through all the different things of the astral projection that they do, the, um, the uh, grave soaking yep. that they do. And then they use the music. And he talks about how it's when this stuff, when they write these songs, because if you don't know any better, if you were to take like a playlist of 50 songs from all these different modern worship groups and put them together and you don't know any better, yeah. they all sound the same. Oh, they, they totally all sound do. identical. Yeah. They use the same atmosphere type of sound. They use the same dynamics. Yep. They use the same structure of the song. And it's about drawing out an emotional reaction that makes you feel like it's the Holy Spirit, like God is surrounding you. But what in actuality is... It's the channeling of the Hindu Kundalini sure, spirit. Sure, absolutely. And you did do a video on that. So, folks, if you go to his channel, uh, he actually did do a video. I kind of scrolled over that when I was uh, going through his channel. I, I just want to highlight that really quick. Um, I did see it in here. You did do one, right? I just did one recently, yeah. Duh. Oh, there it is, right there. Grave so Well, you have one called Grave Soaking. And then mm -hmm. the uh, there it is, Kundalini Spirit channeling through music. So let me show folks. Uh, it's right here. It's that one right there. So I would encourage you guys to go check it out, and uh, that way, if you know, it's a little more in depth than than what we're talking about here. So I agree, hundred percent. Pretty much the premise of the whole NAR is we've got to build God's kingdom here on Earth, right? King, kingdom now, Dominion theory. Yeah, kingdom now, Dominion, and, and that that is so far from biblical, so far from. <laughs> and on top of so many other things uh, that we just this isn't the time right now because I want to talk about other stuff. But it's just uh, I'm glad that the Lord, I'm glad actually that you were you you answered and you responded. Praise God for I, that. I am too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> praise me. God. So, okay, so tell us, so you you came out of that. At what point did the Lord say, or at what point did you did your heart just burn for Bible prophecy? So my dad has always been a huge prophecy guy. Um, he's always studied it. Um, and about 2011, there's a period where it almost looked like Israel's about ready to start a ground war with the Iran and that's kind of when I started getting dragged into it a little bit. Yeah. And so I started looking into that stuff. And I've always been one of those conspiracy patriot type of people where I always looked into <laughs> all the all the different stuff about that stuff. And conspiracy theories, just spoiler alerts, by the way, we're batting like yeah. 900. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah, so it's just it, when when you when you study prophecy and then you take a look at these conspiracy theories, you realize how they go hand in hand, how connected they are, because what is telling what prophecy is telling us through scripture, these conspiracy theories all line up with the coming beast system that's yeah. on its way right now that we're seeing being constructed right in front of our faces. Yeah, it is. It totally is. And I mean, seriously, we could turn on the TV, not that I don't watch the mainstream media news because it makes me angry. 
I probably have to grab, I'd grab something and throw it at the TV if I have to do that. But, um, so yeah. I stay away from it because it's just, it's just so bad, but it's true. There is so much news out there that we look at and it's pointing to, uh, you know, you said conspiracy theory, a conspiracy is when, uh, it's supposed to be uh hush, hush. It's not real. You know, it's, well, no, those are just crazy people saying and coming up with all of these, um, these theories supposedly, but once things are out in the open, once that's, that's out, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. And that's what I find funny, right? They, mm -hmm. I think I showed before on Pete's show, uh, when I had Pete on, uh, I showed how, if you look up conspiracy, uh, I'm sorry, new world order on, um, Wikipedia, it'll still say conspiracy theory. And everyone's talking about the, the NWO. They've even said it. <laughs> exactly. They've even said it. They totally have even said it. Okay. So when did the Lord say, Zach, I need your voice. I, I you know what? I want you to use the, the voice that I gave you to talk about this. I want you to share, be a watchman. When was that? Uh, I think it was about two years ago, two years ago. So it was basically right after the COVID stuff started happening and which we're not going to get into obviously, yeah. but, um, it was right after that. And I was talking to a buddy, that's the reason why my channel is wretched watch men. Uh, because I was going to have a, another guy with me is going to be a, du a duo type of thing, but you know, life happens. Yeah. And stuff. Another J dub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better you know, white, not I better, white shirt and black yeah, tie I better, and everything. I better not say that. I don't want people to actually think it. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was right when that happened. And I was like, okay, it's time to start talking about this stuff. So I started mainly with one, the stuff that I knew, conspiracy theories and the NAR church. Yeah. And then just as time went on, I finally found my groove, my niche or niche, however you want to yep. pronounce that. Yeah. And then it's Spiro, just, Spyro. I'm totally yeah. messing, dude. It's the French man. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, okay. So Lord calls you, uh, was it in, you know, was it okay? Got to do a YouTube channel right away or how, how did that transition? How did you do it? Um, basically it just, I was like, okay. Uh, it was a conversation that me and the other guy were having a, a conversation for about six months and he's like, I just can't do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I just went online bought my ministry in a box, yeah. which was basically camera, microphone, all that stuff, yep. plugged it in. And that was it. I was like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Let's do it. And hung the flag. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You got to have the flag. I love, no, I'm serious. Dude. I totally love the flag. Love it. Yep. Absolutely. So, okay. Now, uh, present day. I mean, mm -hmm. we literally, I, I know you believe the same thing. We are in the last of the last days. And so what I wanted to really, uh, I titled this, um, borrowed time. So I know that we're living on borrowed time, right? And yep. uh, the reason the reason why I titled it uh, on borrowed time, staying motivated is because I think right now it kind of goes along the solo that I did. I really want to make sure that that um, the family understands how important it is right now to be sharing Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel with as many people as we possibly can because time, is not on our side. What would you say if I told you, do you believe that time is on our side or not on our side? I believe that we are in negative minutes right now. Okay. We, our focus needs to be solely on getting people to Jesus and Jesus to people, as JD would say. Amen. Okay. And, and that's exactly what your ministry is about. That's what you're doing. So 
I know before we went on, I asked you, hey, dude, what's on your heart? What have you been, you know, what are you thinking? What do you want to talk about? Um, and again, we can talk for hours on end, for days on end with everything happening, and it's happening so quick. I've said this before. We could hear the hoofbeats approaching of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They are riding. They are in full gallop. And uh, with that said, dude, I know you've done some deep dives and you've been on your Telegram channel. By the way, folks, if you're on Telegram, I've linked to Zach's Telegram channel down there. Um, he does these wonderful short news brief, like what do you, what would you call those? Do snippets? Little snippet updates stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So talk to us about CBDCs banking. Let's, let's roll with that, dude. Uh, so, I mean, if you've been living under a rock recently, uh, in case you didn't <laughs> know, uh, we've had a few bank failures and mergers happen. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people I know when it first happened, were like, oh man, tomorrow it's going to collapse. But in my opinion, when you have, uh, it started out with Silvergate and then went to Silicon Valley Bank and then went to uh, Signature Bank and then the merger with Credit Suisse to UBS. When you see what's going on, it's a shuffling, a reshuffling, a funnel, funneling of money to the bigger banks. And in my opinion, I believe it's the belief that they're trying to funnel all this money from the smaller regional banks up into the GSIBs, which are the global systemic important banks like yeah. your JP Morgan and stuff. And what that's going to do is it's going to make it so much easier to bring in the CBDC when that time comes. It's not here yet, but when that time comes, it's going to be that much easier. Okay. So here's the crazy thing. Is, here's the crazy thing. So as I'm sure most of you guys already know, um, and this is probably old hat already, which is fine, but I'm, I'm just kind of curious if call me again, right? Conspiracy theory. But when I read stuff like this, that the CEO of SVB, right, he had yep. sold over three and a half million of the company stock before, right here, you could even see it here, less than two weeks before the failure. Yep. So two weeks. So it kind of begs the question, and I know that they paid out millions of dollars in bonuses to employees before this, which kind of... You know, it, it's like, okay, they either knew something or what is your opinion? Do you think they knew it? They did it on purpose? What, what, what is your take on this? Uh, is it a planned collapse? I believe it is entirely planned. Um, so you saw Becker there, the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. He sold all that stock beforehand. But then there was two others that sold 27% and 35% of their stocks as well, right, two weeks before. Yeah. Same day. And then on top of that, if you look at the fact of Becker there was also the chairman of the San Francisco Federal Reserve. So he was all connected with what the Federal yep. Reserve is doing. Then you take a look at Signature Bank, which was the one that collapsed just in after New York. That. Yeah, um, the the head guy of that, the chairman of that, he was also a part of uh, Lehman Bro Lehman Brothers right before they collapsed during the 2008 collapse. Yep. So when you look at who's involved, the players, the timing of when this is all happening, and then you add in the fact that during this collapse they just talked about Fed Now service being launched in July. This is entirely planned. Yes. You, you can't tell me otherwise. So here's what's crazy. So what we're looking at is we're looking at the planned demolition of America on multiple fronts, right? So right now we're just we're just talking about the economic front, which is huge. It's huge, right? The uh the world for the for the most part trades in dollars. 
And uh, but the dollar is just it's monopoly money right now. That's what it's become. We've printed so much money. We're in so way over our heads. Um, and that's not something recent. I mean, we have been in the hole probably since uh, the the junior when, J, uh, Bush. When junior. did the Fed Fed open? That's yeah, since when- exactly. Yeah, and I know I know that I th- I'm pretty sure that one of Thomas Jefferson's last words were I I killed the bank. You know what I mean? His whole <laughs> one of his big premises was he wanted to get rid of the bank because he knew the danger that it posed to the republic. But, you know, the powers that be, and again, God's plan, God's providential hand and God's plan is in all of this, right? Yep. Um, and yeah, it's, it's bothersome to see it happening, but it does have to happen all according to the Word of God. So here we are, um, we're watching this planned collapse of the economy here in the States, and we know that there's an end goal. Talk to us about what the end goal is. The end goal is what you'd find straight out of Revelation, which is the one world economy. So just to kind of, I put it as simple as possible. The beast system is going to be the three pillars, the one world government, the one world religion, and the one world economy. And so when to, in order to bring in the new, to bring in that system, you have to get rid of the old. And right now that is the fiat money system. It's the dollars and stuff that we have now. And so to make everything work together with a social credit system, a digital ID system, uh, uh, the carbon credit system, which is an aspect that a lot of people don't talk about, and the CBDC, to make all that together, you have to switch it to digital. And I always say it's the beast coin. It's what the Antichrist is going to do to control the world economy. Yeah, and and that is going to happen. So if we turn to Revelation chapter 13, I kind of want to read about that because the one that enforces this is not the Antichrist. The one that enforces this is the false prophet, right? So if we go to Revelation chapter 13, it starts in verse 11. So 13 is the two beasts, the one um, out of the sea and then the beast out of the earth. So in in verse 11, it says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. That is the Antichrist, the false prophet's responsibility, one of his main responsibilities at the half mark of the tribulation and going forward is to make sure that Everybody on planet Earth is going to be worshiping the Antichrist as God, right? So it goes on to say, um, uh, let me see, where are we at? And causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And we know that that is a, a counterfeit resurrection by the Antichrist. And that would be an amazing topic for another podcast, Here's what's interesting. It says he performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. We got to remember that the Antichrist, the false prophet, Satan, right? You got the the counterfeit trinity there, always wants to um always wants to try and imitate what God does as a means to deceive the masses. And this is what we're seeing right here. This is one of the MOs of the Antichrist, one of the MOs of the false prophet, always led by Satan himself. But here's what we're kind of talking about. Um, Let me see. I think we go down here. Verse 16, he causes all 
Do you know what the word all in Greek means? It means all. I know. I'm a big scholar. Whew, what could I say? It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> gold star. Gold, gold star. star right here. Both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So, dude. Where do you think that, and I know that everybody knows the answer, but there's probably going to be people that are watching this either now, maybe on the flip side, that want to know, okay, what's the connection with what you're talking about right now with this, you know, banking failure? And it's not, okay, hold on. Let me pause right there. Pause right there, because I want to make sure people understand. Zach, talk to us about how this isn't just relegated to the U.S. Because some people may go, well, that's just localized. Is it localized? No, no, because if you take a look, uh, actually, the most recent failure, merger, however you want to put it, it's Credit Suisse and UBS. You're talking about Europe at this point. And so and then there's also the different talks of what's going on with BRICS when you take a look at uh, Russia and South America and all these countries and more and more joining on, including Saudi Arabia and everything. You're starting to look at not only a divided uh, monetary system of the world that's trying to destroy the dollar but prop it up at the same time. Basically, what it's going to do is everything is just going to fall in on itself. Everybody's trying to gain control, take over what the US is doing. It's just going to fall in on itself. So everybody's trying to come up with something that could top the next person. And right now, CBDC, especially since now they're working on a, a way for all countries to trade cross border. Uh, so it's they're they're doing it now. Swift is working on their sandbox stuff. The Fed now thing that was just announced is localized, but they're going to connect that to the Fed now. And some people don't even realize that what Swift is working on with their sandbox, their blockchain, however you want to put it, that's yeah. a, whole, a whole different thing right there. Russia's actually connected to that, and so is China. So even though you've got Russia and China that appear to be the enemy of what the West is doing they're also being hooked up with what the West is going to be hooked up with as well. So they're trying to destroy each other, but also trying to connect with each other at the same time. It's a global chess game right now. Yeah, it is. And it's it's not going to bode well. It's not going to end well. For the believer, it is. But for those that are in Christ, what we're seeing right now is we're going to see something that's going to lead into the worst time that this world has ever seen in all of its history. And we really can't even quite understand how bad things are going to get. We really can't, right, Zach? No, no, we can't even understand how bad things are right now. Yeah. How are we supposed to believe, I mean, know what's going to happen then? So, so tell me, dude, um, great, I dropped one of my most important pieces of paper. Hold on, folks, as I do a deep dive to grab my piece of paper here. Watch the squeaky toy. I know. <laughs> And trust me, it's there. It's right here. <laughs> there you go. There's the squeaky toy. Maybe I should put that. You know what? When I when I mess up, I'm gonna actually record that and I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna put it on my soundboard. So every time I mess up, I'm just gonna do squeaky toy sound there. So I'm gonna put this in a safe place. Sorry for the uh the interruption there, but kind of coming back to what we were talking about. This is just one facet of things that are happening. And I think that's one of the big um not pro- it's not a problem, but I think that's why even most of us have such a difficult time keeping up because we can spend so much time just on the economic sector. And I know Britt Gillette does an amazing job at breaking things down. So, uh, folks, I know you guys know Britt. Sometimes he's on here, but if you don't, um, by all means, go check out Britt Gillette's channel. 
He does an amazing job at breaking things down, especially when it comes to the banking sector, the CDBCs, and so much other stuff. I love Britt, and he's a wonderful brother in Christ. If you can remember, just always, I'm always saying, hey, pray for all of us, right? Pray for all of us. Um, anyway, so coming back to uh, the the economy is one aspect of things happening right now, but there is so much stuff, case in point. Let me go back over here to your um, your YouTube channel. You have right here this whole notion of the Kundalini spirit. So um, I know I'm kind of shifting gears here a bit, but I want them uh, the point the point that I'm trying to make is the fact that there are multiple areas all around that are pointing to the nearness of his return. How much closer are we then to the taking away of his bride? So. Talk to us a bit about this notion. How has this kundalini spirit seeped into the church? Because now we went from economy, you know, collapse, banking system, digital currency, which eventually will lead into control, which eventually will lead to the ability for the Antichrist to not let anybody buy or sell if they don't get the mark, right? So we got we to gotta have that control. But if we shift over to the cult aspect of things. I mean, this is kind of cultish, really, when yep. we look at it, right? And it's demonic at its core. So talk to us a bit about what what did you really talk about Kundalini Spirit and channeling through music? So uh, the, it's basically the biggest thing is not only are you channeling demons at that point, but you're also seeing the, the uh, merging together of a one world religion. So, yeah. I mean, you take this all the way back to the tower of Babel and you've got the, what I call the unholy pagan Trinity of uh, Nimrod, Semiramis and Tammuz. Something to realize is the spirit of mystery that you read in revelation 17, which is the spirit of the one world religion that's coming is the spirit of Semiramis. And so everything is all branched from the Tower of Babel out. And something to keep in mind is all the different religions out there. There's Christianity, which is not a religion, even though you're seeing all the denominations basically making it one. But all the religions you see out there from Buddhism to Hinduism to they've even got made up ones like Pastafarianism. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but all of this stuff branches from the Catholic Church. They all come from the Roman Catholic Church. And so what we're seeing now is we're seeing the acceptance of Catholicism with Christianity, with Mormonism, with uh, Jehovah's Witness. You're seeing it with even ones like Buddhism and stuff. It's this notion of we're all gods. And so as this comes through, they're all going to get sucked back up into Catholicism. And that's where this Kundalini spirit and this big tool of the CCM music, the modern worship music that you have now, is all that music is being used in all these other different religions. Yeah, And you're even seeing it like the shows like The Chosen that's now being accepted. It's produced by Mormons and, and all this stuff. You're seeing that's now being accepted by all these different religions. And so when you're summoning mystery, you're summoning the spirit of the one world religion, and it's all coming together. And we need to do exactly what God tells us to, to divide from that. People like to twist the words around and say, well, God's a uniter. No, Satan is the uniter. He wants to unite everybody, all belief. Mm -hmm. God is a divider. He wants us to separate, to witness to them, but to separate from that worldly 
sinful yeah absolutely so we are in the world not of the world right so let me just kind of break it down here i'm going to read really quick the sanskrit term kundalini shakti translate as serpent power so essentially uh this is this is um uh eastern mysticism right Yep. yep so you got kundalini is thought to be get this an energy released within an individual using specific, okay, specific meditation techniques. It is represented symbolically as a serpent coiled at the base of the spine. Don't send me emails about my name, all right? So that's straight from scripture. <laughs> um, so really what, what is happening here is the fact that, and most of you all know this, We've talked about deception, right? Multiple, multiple podcasts, and I think that's something. It's it's gonna be um, a theme that is. I'm gonna talk about that consistently because the Lord. I've, I've pointed to this before, and let me get your take on this, dude. If I go to Matthew chapter 24, the very, very first thing, and I want to just drive this point home. The very, very first thing that Jesus says after his disciples said, hey, when are all these things going to happen? When is the end going to happen? It says in verse 4, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed. Right? He said he opened up with the words, Take heed. Before I keep going on, what um, uh, Zach, what do you think it means for us to take heed as the Lord told the disciples back in Matthew chapter 24? Pay attention and study everything. Simple as that. Very good. So case in point, like what we're talking about right now, right? Because he goes on to say, take heed, pay attention that no one deceives you. One thing that I want to make sure, hey, look, Zach can probably quote, not probably, can quote Bible verses. I can quote verses. And so many of us even watching can quote verses. But just because somebody could quote a Bible verse doesn't mean that they're quoting the Bible properly, within context, proper application, hermeneutically, right? Because Satan can quote, I talked about this on the solo podcast, Satan can quote scripture, but he Mm -hmm. scripture, he twists it and it's, it's not, it's not in its proper context. It's not in its proper use. So when we look at this, talk to us about how is it that they're using the, the NAR is using meditation and they're trying to Christianize meditation. Meditation can be a lot of different things that people don't realize. So meditation could be your basic, you know, cross your legs, hum type of stuff. It could be yoga, which yoga is heavily being introduced in the church now. Actually, if you want to take it even further, you've got churches that are running yoga classes now. And if you don't know, yoga is Eastern mysticism where you're putting yourself in specifically designed positions and you're basically making yourself an antenna for spirits to be drawn in. So you got yoga. Then there's a popular one among the young crowd, which is the Enneagram, which is about finding stuff. A lot of churches are now doing Enneagram classes. If you join their membership, they actually make you take the Enneagram so you can learn what your place is in the church. So you've got that going on. Then there's the, the, the biggest one, of course, is the music, which the Kundalini spirit, like you said, it's about drawing out that serpent basically. And so it's the belief that there's a divine, feminine energy in every at the base of everybody's spine everybody has it and doing these certain channeling things will bring that out and you'll get total awakening 
Now, what is something that we're seeing a lot in not only church, but also in politics and everything? It's about being awakened. It's about yeah. waking up. Yeah. And so even that alone, because you look at scripture, wake up, oh sleeper, even that alone is now being twisted into thinking that, oh, once you go along with these awakening practices, you'll have new knowledge and you'll be fooled by everything. It's, yeah. You're not being discerned. Yeah. One thing that we need to understand is the the concept of binding, right? When we when we think of binding, uh, like a cell binds, or I was actually talking to totally off the subject. Well, kind of. Um, I know, right? I, d- dude, I totally rabbit trail. As if okay, you didn't. Nothing yeah. wrong with a little trail. So a little trail's okay. I can go like way off. Hello. Let's go down the hole, man. <laughs> yeah, let's do the. So we know that one of the things is in, in the last day there's gonna be a very big spike and rise in witchcraft, pharmacaea, right? In the the use of these illegal drugs, hallucinogens, and what those do is they open the portals to demonic, uh, uh, to demonic. Uh, power and to uh, demonic possession, to demonic oppression, and so much more. Mm-hmm. I was asking um, uh, one of the swim dads this weekend, who's a pharmacist, I said, hey, what is so bad about fentanyl? How is it that it works? And he was talking about the binding ability of the synthetic drug to the cell, right, to the receptor, and how difficult it is. It binds so tight. Um, that it's so difficult for that to come um, unbound from the receptor. And so um, he said, yeah, there are drugs that they use to try and get people off of that. And what those drugs do is they they break the bind so that the person can get free of that addiction, right? <clears throat> so in the very same way how uh, we think about binding, when we think about Case in point, this whole kundalini spirit, the serpent power, um, yoga poses, drugs, et al., everything, you know, that a lot of things churches are pushing nowadays, they're binding themselves to demonic spirits. You're opening yourself up to demonic possession. So I, I know you were in the NAR movement. How easy is it? especially through music, because you are a musician, you are a musician, you play the drums. What is it about music or the tool that Satan decides to use through music that allows people, and I I know some people are not going to like what I'm saying, to allow demonic spirits to bind themselves to people? It's the emotional high, taking it to the drugs, the pharmacia type of thing. It's it's a drug for emotions. It's about fooling you into believing what you're feeling, the power and presence. Because you, if you go and you listen to some of the people who talk about channeling, these yeah. are channeling guides. This is what they do. You get all these different things where you feel like there's a surrounding peace around you. You feel like there's an inner voice that is speaking to you. Uh, you start to feel this this energy in your hands and your body and all this stuff. And the music, if you go, you can find these interviews online. If you talk to some of the people that have been a part of these Bethel and Hillsong and Elevation concerts and whatnot, yeah. you talk to them afterwards, the same exact, and I just talked about this in that video, by the way, the same exact videos that these channeling guides tell you about bringing in spirits and demons are the exact same to the letter. 
the same feelings that these people are getting from the music that's in these churches. Yeah, I totally agree. And and why am I going to this whole notion of binding? Because it's really important that, for example, when there's times when I pray that I pray that I bind the mind of Christ to my mind. That is what I want. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to have um, that, you know, the, the spirit of the living God that's dwelling within each believer is the one that is the most important in helping us to discern deception yep. across the board. If we have the mind of Christ, right? If we bind the mind of Christ to our mind, and what I mean by that, it's just a word picture that we need to have the mind of Christ. How do we do that? Well, right here. You want to know the mind of Christ? Get into the Word of God. You yep. want you want a sure recipe for anti-deception? Right here, the yep. Word of God. But the Word of God, aside from the Holy Spirit indwelling the life of the believer, um, won't do you much. Now, I'm not saying that you can't read the Word of God and that the Holy Spirit won't convict you through the Word of God to surrender your life because the Holy Spirit's the one that initiates the work of salvation. But we need to remember there are a lot of people that know the Bible, and there's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Yep. Um, I've heard it said, I don't know if you've heard it, but the distance between heaven and hell is 18 inches. That's, you I've know what I mean, yep. right? The distance between the head and the heart. So it's important that we we understand that the times we're living in is, is multifaceted. So for example, Zach, we talked about the economy, the CDBC. Right now we talked about this whole deception of the Kundalini spirit, this whole notion of being woke within the church, so deception within the church. Um, we have also now, if we, I mean, we can, you know, I mentioned the galloping four horsemen of the apocalypse. We could literally now talk, we'll shift gears again, wars and rumors of wars. Um, you've talked a bit about that, um, what's going on, right? Yep. So so tell us a bit, I mean, because I read your updates as well. So uh, where are we there? I know. That's a loaded question. It is a loaded <laughs> question. So you know what? It's kind of like a salad bar. Take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that, and put it on the plate for us, dude. So... You, if you split it, it's wars and rumors of wars. And there's an aspect of war that I don't think a lot of people understand, uh, which is done at a table. It's done with these guys planning this stuff. So to put on the tinfoil hat to go conspiracy with this, yep. take a look at World War II. And everybody wants to talk about, you know, what happened with the different leaders. And, you know, you've got the evil ones over here and the good ones over there. They're all business partners. They were all friends. World War II was planned because every one of their economies was tanking and some stuff went south, the deals went south and things changed, but World War II was not what people think it was. And so when you look at what is happening today, we're seeing it on a actually a bigger scale than even a world war would be declared. And you're seeing all the different aspects from money to land to weapons to power to bringing in the beast system to even something and i go in depth on this is human trafficking yeah. human trafficking is even a part of it and it and all that stuff actually ties to what's going on with the war so there is a different aspect of that then there's the other aspects that we see of the physical stuff we see what's going on russia and ukraine over there and then the funneling of money into the united states which if you want to take a look at that 
there's a lot of stuff with Ukraine 2030 and the DIA app and stuff taking it in a different direction. But then you've got China and Taiwan going on. But the biggest one, and of course, we know with the tribulation, Jacob's trouble, it's about Israel. The whole point of it is about getting Israel back to the true Messiah. And so we watch Israel and we see what's going on and on with that. And the biggest one to watch is you've got Israel's about ready to go into Iran. And, and then you've got the formation of the Ezekiel 38 coalition. And those are taking massive precedent right now, even over what's going on with Ukraine. Absolutely. So what we used to see, um, I know, folks, I love word pictures, and this is kind of the way my mind works. So it's almost like when on a hot day, if you look down the horizon line, you can kind of see the heat, right? Um, that's how it that's how it was. But we are in it right now. We are in the boiler. I mean, we're in the pot right now. Things are getting <laughs> really heated really quick, really, really fast. And what I, again, what Zach and I are trying to do is I want to make sure that we understand how we are, like you said, Zach, we are in negative minutes. We are living on borrowed time. Actually, uh, Doc Reagan, Dr. David Reagan, wrote a book that I highly uh, recommend. It's called Living on Borrowed Time. And it's a really, really good overview as to where we were, where we're at, and where we're headed. Really, really good. Great read. Um, dude, Zach, if it's cool with you, um, actually, let, let's finish up right there. So what we see, and it's not on the distant horizon anymore, is uh, we see the very, very real possibility of things going hot really quick on multiple fronts, right? Any minute. Yeah. So what what does that tell us as believers? So tell us, what does that tell us as believers? And then what does that tell those that aren't? What are they in for, those that are not in Christ? Well, if things were to go hot, um, I mean, it could go in many different directions. There's some people that believe that there's going to be nuclear war. Some people believe that there's going to be, uh, we know there's financial collapse, as soon as the war happens, um, that's that's without a doubt. Then you've got to look at the fact of what's going to happen in um, the Middle East mainly. Yeah. So if you look at that, that is, again, the key to all of prophecy is watching what's going on with Israel. And there's yep. so many things happening. And so the thing I'm waiting for is Israel is at the point now where they've run out of red lines for Iran <laughs> to cross. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they've, they've set like 500 of them. And yep. They're, they're on the last one, and they've even told the U.S., all right, doesn't matter what you guys say, we're going to take care of this when the yeah. time comes. Yeah. And so that's the one to watch. And you have to understand that if we see that kick off, we know we're going to start seeing the Ezekiel 38 coalition start. The gears are going to start turning. Oh, yeah. And so that's one that we know. When we start seeing that, which we've already seen the political side, all these Sudan and Libya teaming up with Turkey and Russia, and we know what's going on with uh, Ethiopia and Sudan as well. And then, I mean, it's it's all it's all right there. So right now, again, we're out of minutes, and our calling, our our goal right now, our focus in the times that we're living in, because people don't realize all throughout time, God does give us different commands for the different times that we're in in this in this world. Oh yeah. And right now our commands, what we need to be doing two things. We have a very simple job. We're in a blessed generation where rapture's right around the corner. That's right. Yep. But our commands are warn of what's coming 
and get the gospel out to everybody. Amen. I agree. That's I it. couldn't agree more. So, hey, listen, I'm going to read something, folks, from a book. I'm not going to show you the book yet. I'm not going to tell you when it was written. Uh, I'm going to read a couple paragraphs. Zach, you okay with that? Go for it, man. Okay, cool. So listen to this. Peddling gloom and doom has become a huge and prosperous business. Investment advisors have made fortunes frightening millions of people with their solemn warnings about the death of the dollar and the collapse of the world financial system. Self-proclaimed experts at peering into the future from psychic seers to social scientists and Christian fundamentalists warn of spreading famine compounded by population explosion and the alarming loss of farming land by erosion and pollution. We are told that cataclysmic upheavals of the land and oceans will, will soon change major coastlines, wiping out large cities at the cost of billions of dollars and millions of lives. Even the CIA has gotten into the act predicting that capriciously changing weather patterns will so disrupt production of, listen to this, major crops that the end of this decade could well see hordes of starving people marching across continents in search of food. Let me finish reading this paragraph. Ecologists add their dire predictions to the thickening gloom. That our oceans and lakes are drying and even Earth's atmosphere is being polluted beyond remedy. Scientific studies warn that Earth is running out of potable water, drinking water, and that complete ecological collapse could come with surpassing suddenness. According to some experts, the only thing that may save us from completing the gradual destruction, know how... Gradual destruction, um, if I could find my place, of the planet Earth is a nuclear holocaust. This horrifying prospect is persu persuasively presented as all but inevitably by the dual argument that, number one, no hope remains to stop the daily and insane continued production and deployment of more and more nuclear weapons, said to be a million times more destructive than the Hiroshima bomb, in spite of the fact that we already have enough to destroy the earth ten times over. And number two, humanity has never failed to use any major weapon it has developed. So the question is, are we in the apocalypse now? So the only question among the gloom and doomers seem to be whether a nuclear or economic holocaust will hit us first. I'm going to stop there real quick, and then I'll tell you what year this book was written. <laughs> so this is a great book. It's by Dave Hunt. It's called Peace, Prosperity, and the Coming Holocaust. This book was written in 1983. Here's the book. Uh, where's the cover? There it is. It is an oldie but a goodie. Dude, if Dave Hunt was inspired, not if. I know Dave Hunt was inspired by the Lord to write this in 1983. That's over, what, 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Dude, where are we now? The biggest thing you have to realize is if he wrote that in the 80s, 
there was nothing even remotely close to the convergence of prophetic signs back yep. then than what's happening now. And it's not the, oh, well, we've had chaos and catastrophe before. No, these are specific prophetic newsworthy things all converging at the same time. I, I challenge you to look at all of the prophetic books in the Bible, gather all of the, the prophetic signs, and then take a look at what's happening now, and then tell me that we're not in the last days. Dude, 100%. I read, when I read that in the book, it's crazy. It's almost like Dave Hunt wrote that today. Today. Yep. And this was written in 1983. And praise God, he was looking ahead because they were trying to, uh, they were talking about this back in 83, but folks, we're living that right now, which tells us if they, if this was being talked about back then, over 40 plus years ago, we are in the days, like Zach, you just said, the importance of the converging events. That's one thing that we've never had before, Right. Because how Not many, once. dude, how many people for, and the Bible talks about this, how many people have been saying, ah, you, they've been saying that for a long time, right? Long time, yeah. right? I mean, yep. so um, we're definitely at a point where I think, and we can go on. I mean, seriously, dude, we could go on and on and on. I mean, we have global deception. We definitely have the rise of the cults. We've, we have the church that's been infiltrated on multiple fronts. You know what? Case in point, there's a church out here, and it's on my phone, so I'm going to try and show you folks. I took a picture of this on purpose. They finally branded themselves as what they really are. Now, I, I knew this ahead of time because on their marquee, they were putting all these crazy sayings. But um, let, me find the, let me find the picture for you guys because... It really just, they're a drop in the bucket. This church is definitely a drop in the bucket. You mentioned woke, right? The woke churches. Yep. That's yep. what thats what the problem is, man. I take a picture, and then it takes me forever to try and find it because I have a bazillion of them everywhere. <laughs> so um, here it is. I'm going to try and see if I could show this to you guys. Let me see. Right there. Right do you guys see that little flag on the uh, left-hand side, oh, the right-hand side? <laughs> Let me see if I can get a little closer. Right, man. That's that's not even just the the pride flag. That's the trans pride. That's flag the that every yeah. That's the everything flag, folks. And so as as we're talking about this notion of uh, gloom and doom, it is a message of gloom and doom that's coming on the world. For those that don't know Jesus Christ, what would you say about that? It is, because if you don't know the Lord, and a lot of them don't even know what's coming, but for those who are paying attention to the news but don't know the Lord, it is doom and gloom, because they're like, oh man, this is chaos, everything's exploding around me. Yeah. But as believers, this isn't doom and gloom, this is encouragement. You, I mean, he tells us to encourage each other because we know as the, I say this all the time, as the worst or the worst the world gets, the closer we are to going home. And so the more and more of this, what the world would deem as doom and gloom as it continues to happen for us, we are to be encouraged and to encourage fellow brothers to say, Hey, we're almost out of here, but we've also got to use that as a reminder. There's a lot of people that view this as doom and gloom that we've got to get Jesus to them. Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. Let me come back over here because 
Um, as you're talking, I'm also thinking about how the U.S. has to, um, the power structure has to move from the U.S., I believe, over to Europe. I've said, I think I talked yep. about that with Don Perkins. New Roman Empire. Exactly. We That has to happen. That's something that is a must. So the U.S. Uh, must, uh, essentially, it's going to lose um, its status of what we are now. We could see that happening. Again, if we go back to the the banking system uh, collapse that we're, we're witnessing with our very eyes. Even culture. Even culture. So park yourself on culture. And I think uh, this is a, a good place right now because I showed you folks the flag, right? This whole transgender gates. The all in, I call it the all-inclusive flag because it has everything from top to bottom. There is a war not only on an economic front, which is a planned collapse that's going to happen because there's got to be a power transfer from America to Europe, right? Europe is ramping up uh, their, um, the EU is trying to ramp up their military pers- uh, numbers. They're yep. trying to ramp up and get ammunition for the EU military. So we see this working. Um, it's only going to get stronger. Uh, I, I believe it is. Um, So the power move, the power structure is moving. So we've got this collapse on an economic front. We've got this moral decay that is, I mean, it's happening at light, I mean, at light speed, breakneck speed, right? Talk to us a bit about this movement, uh, the transgender movement, this whole notion of trying to get your kids um, and, and brainwashing them and so on and so forth. So I know we have to tread lightly here just because of the censors. But there's not only the economics aspect of it, there's not only the religious quote-unquote aspect, right? When the church goes woke, there's also the moral aspect of it that we're seeing as well. Um, And lawlessness, there's the lawless aspect of things. Talk to us a bit about how those things are increasing very, very rapidly, dude. A lot of it is entitlement. Um, we know in scripture, I'm terrible at just pulling it off the top of it's my head. It's all good. But, it's all good. So am I. But with, with scripture, it talks about how parent or kids are going to be disrespectful of their parents, basically, yep. in these in these last days. And we're seeing that you take it from the culture. You look at the movies now. And I mean, I'm not even talking about the 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 immoral stuff that gets slapped in your face, but it's the small little messages designed specifically for your kids. So I'll point this out. The new, because Marvel seems to be the biggest thing now yep. with not only kids, but adults. I'll take a look, uh, take a look at the recent Ant-Man movie that came out. The whole, throughout the entire movie, the dad is being corrected and uh, and preached to by his daughter, who is a part of the Antifa groups and stuff like that. And he accepts it and goes, oh, I need to listen to what she's saying. So he is being pushed down and the kid is being raised up. And after you have years and years and years of this that takes place, you start to see the kids are the ones running the households. They're the, the entitled ones. Then you take a look at what's going on with the lawlessness where everybody's out there. They're, they're just stealing stuff from stores. Uh, they think that they uh, their, their feelings overrun any type of logical or biological uh, precedent and fact that we know is fact. It's even it's biblically fact. Yeah, it's it's you're seeing in Satan knows this in order to corrupt the family, in order to destroy the family, you have to get to the kids. And through years of this, 
taking it back to the even to the 60s, going all the way back with the hippie love movement and everything, that stuff started creeping in and it started twisting through. And now you're destroying the nuclear family, which is God's specific order. He designed the family to be just like what the church is. Yeah. And everything is now being flipped upside down. And you're seeing that what church is. Now you've got the the LGBT alphabet. Yeah, pastors and preachers. You've got women who are now taking the role of pastors, and all this stuff is—it's the same thing that's going on in nuclear family, and it's destroying everything. Yeah, it is. You just talk. I like the way you did the alphabet soup, right? Because that's kind of one of your one of your key yeah, words, code right? words, code words, right? The alphabet soup. And uh, but one thing that I I want to I want to underscore is this isn't something new, and it started decades ago with the uh, trying to tear down the role of the man in society, right? Feminism. The role, yeah, the role of the father in the family, nuclear family. And that goes back a long, long way. Where we really started to see it just bold and people thought it was hilarious was a series. I didn't watch it because I even when I was a kid, I'm all this is terrible. It was called uh, Married with Children. Yep. And... Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure some of you guys know what it is. It was a series of this guy named Al Bundy, and he had probably the most dysfunctional family. But the kids and the wife would constantly trash him. I mean, just trash who he was. He was a you know a, a shoe salesman, and uh, you know the fact that he didn't make enough money, the fact that he didn't know anything, the fact that supposedly he lived in his glory days of being a high school football star i mean and they just it was just tear them down tear them down tear them down that's one of them yep. one series that my wife and i watched before uh, we didn't even know we we're gonna have a boy it was a surprise to us whether it was a girl boy but we watched this series and uh, let me just show you guys uh, it was by dr dobson say what you may i like dr dobson had a lot of wonderful things to bring to the table it was a series called bringing up boys dr mm. dobson did an entire DVD series when he was still at uh, Focus on the Family. And uh, someone wrote me in about, oh, dude, Dr. Dobson, he went woke. No, actually, he didn't go woke. Actually, the organization that did, unfortunately, the board pushed him out, was um, Focus on the Family. And he left, started this, Dr. Dobson Family Institute. But this series here, Bringing Up Boys, if if any of you guys could get your... Um, your hands on the DVDs that he did, he talks about and he shows commercials and movies how Hollywood went out of their way to denigrate the role of the male in society and in the nuclear family. You guys could go watch and uh, watch sitcoms that Hollywood put out, and it was just the the dude has no clue, right? Even movies, it was. The, the the guy is playing the role of the female, being all scared and everything, and, and then you've got the superhero being the female. Now, I'm not here to bag on anyone, right? The Lord loves both sexes. He created both of them, but each one with a distinct role. Yep. That's the way that God created it. There is a specific order to the way God does things. And when we move out of that order, this is what we have. We have problems. We have chaos. And so... Dude, Zach, that's where we're at today, right? Men yep. supposedly aren't men, and you could do whatever you want as long as you feel like you feel like. Well, just go for it. If it feels yep. it's kind of that old adage: if it feels good, do it, right? 
it's going back to the emotional thing, the same thing that's going on in the church with the music and stuff. It's all about emotion. It's remove the brain. Just go with what your stomach and your heart are saying. So talk to us about that, right? Because now we came full circle. We'll, we'll button it up right now. But talk to us. We came full circle right now. And the uh, Satan knows how, um, how to get people at the emotional level, right? Yep. If he can get you on an emotional level, well, then it's very difficult to distinguish um, the truth from deception. Um, it used to, I think I wrote this down somewhere. I hope I wrote it down somewhere. Let me see if I could find it. It was such a, I think it's up here. Let me read this quote. Um, actually, I thought I wrote it down. No, I guess I didn't write it down. Anyways, um, Pastor Barry Stagner uh, was the guest pastor at church this weekend, and he he gave a wonderful quote about truth um, back in the day, what it was back in the day, and what it is now. And um, it, there there is... Truth isn't what truth is nowadays. And I know that that opens up a whole nother can of worms. If I can find, if I can find the quote, I'm going to share it with you guys because that's literally where we're at right now. So talk to us, dude, Zach, if you don't mind, uh, we'll spend a few minutes here. The importance, because again, you came from the NAR movement. How is it that Satan will try to grab the emotions? You'll always go for the emotional jugular per se in order to grab people, because if you can grab them from the emotions, then he's got them. Yep. It's, it's a, honestly, it's a basic psychological trick. Um, if you go back to the garden of Eden, he quoted scripture, but twisted just the smallest minute little detail, which changed the entire bit of what would be truth. And it made false doctrine at that point. It's doctrines of demons. So the biggest thing, honestly, that you'd see is small little things in, the, the uh, communication, the words that we used. And so you would see small things like one of them is instead of saying the truth, people now say our truth. Yeah. And so if the old adage, I don't know who said it, the, this quote, but the old adage of if you repeat a lie enough times. Yeah, that was Hitler. Be, that was Hitler. What's it? Yep. So, so yeah. So basically what you're doing is if you start feeding a small little thing, like changing it from the to our you now have got our truth. And at that point, it's not truth at all anymore. Now you're just going off of what you feel is correct. Another word that uh, that a lot of people that use nowadays is vibe. And vibe in itself is mystic in origin yep. because it's all about connecting, binding, like you were saying, bringing it back full circle. It's about feeling the vibrations of what's going on. So now just the small little things of a four-letter word and a three-letter word, you're now starting to feed into the psychological aspect of people's minds of my feelings matter more than truth and fact. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's literally that simple. That's how you can change an entire culture. You want to go back all the way back to the sixties and the fifties where they were trying to do the communism thing that's in their communistic manifesto is change small little words for the psychological thing. And that's how we get to this point. It's that simple. Yeah, and, and it's really dangerous when we allow ourselves to be driven strictly and solely by our emotions. Yep. You know, because you hear a lot of this emotional experience. You gotta have this emotional experience, this emotional experience. No, the emotions can betray you. And so it's really, really important to not allow ourselves to be driven by our emotions, right? Yep. Um, so listen, uh one thing that I wanna just 
covers some, I know someone asked this question about how do we know, and we'll get, well, we might as well just talk about as we're on this, this kick right now. Um, how do we know, um, let me see, where is the song? Okay. How do you determine which songs are okay and songs not to listen to? And I would imagine, unfortunately, we're at a point that within Christian music, we have to exercise discernment as to what we, even a church, whatever church you're at, uh, pay attention to the words, um, you know, and pray that the pastor has enough discernment to not allow certain songs to come in. Yeah. Because like what you were talking about, you were part of that, dude. How dangerous that could be, right? Yeah. Um, and, and one song that I always go to just drives me nuts when I hear it is this song called Reckless Love. Oh, man, Corey Asbury. Yes. He's a, he's a Bethelite. So talk to us about that song, dude, if you know it, right? <laughs> I played it more times than I can count. Yeah. And one thing that I want to say, and I'm sure you guys have heard many, I know Jan Markell's talked about this and so many others, but this is just one of many, many, many songs. And the reason why I'm using this one is because most of you guys know it. One of the ways is if you know the Word of God, then you'll be able to hold up to the Word of God, right, the songs that are being sung out there. And if they don't line up with the Word of God in any part, then just do away with it. Do away with it. I'll take it a little bit further than that, and I get a lot of pushback on this, but there's there's aspects that people don't understand. So if if even if a song, if you look through the lyrics and they match 100% biblically sound, you need to take it further and go, who is writing the song? Yeah, You need to find out where they're coming from, because if they're coming from a background and they have a belief of a completely different version of Jesus, which we're seeing there's now thousands of different versions of Jesus out there that are made up in people's minds. You have to understand that even though that song matches scripture, it's not written about the same Jesus. And to even take it further than that, every time you play that song, whether it's on YouTube, on Spotify, uh, whether it's in your church, that entity that may be practicing witchcraft and driving people away from Jesus and into the arms of Satan, like Bethel Hill song and elevation. Yeah. They get paid for it. So now you're funding those organizations into taking people away from the true gospel. So this isn't just a simple fight like people like to make it out to be, where it's like, oh, well, this song is, it's okay. Uh, it, it matches up with scripture, so there's nothing wrong with it. This goes way beyond that to the point of even down to the very basis of who is this song written to and where is this money going to? You have to take it down there. And people want to say, well, that's too deep for them. But I got to tell you what, in the last days that we're in right now, everything is too deep. It's time to start getting dirty and time to start working hard. Yeah. We're, 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 a, we're warriors right now. There's no taking a day off. We need to push. Yeah. And yeah. I agree, dude. That's a great way of putting it. Um, I know I wrote here in the description, now's the time to sprint to the finish line, even as, as Britt Gillette Brit said it that we need to be sprinting towards the finish line. We need to be uh, watchmen. And so I'm going to read to you guys uh, from Ezekiel. And I know many go to chapter 33. I love the description of the watchmen in Ezekiel chapter 2. I'm sorry, Ezekiel chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Before I do that, I want to make sure that I underscore the fact that God's love is not reckless. It no. is not reckless at all. God's love is extremely calculated, right? He in perfect knew, order. In perfect order. You got it, brother. 
God knew exactly what he was doing. God knows exactly what he's doing and what he's going to do. I mean, think about this. So this last weekend, we were in Pasadena for a swim championship. We were coming out of eating lunch somewhere, and there was a gentleman by the name of Valentino. Folks, if you guys can add Valentino to your prayer list, I would love it. Write his name down, Valentino, for protection and for boldness. He was out there with his Bible just by himself in the streets of Pasadena, and he was sharing Jesus. Jesus loves you, right? He's just, Jesus loves you, and he was out there. And so I went over there to Valentino, and uh, he looked at me. He's all, do you know Jesus? I said, amen, brother. You bet, man. And so we kind of started conversing, and uh, we got on the topic of the love that, that God has for us. And he said, you know, our love as individuals is as if you were to take a dropper and put one drop. That's the love we have for one another. The love of our Lord and Savior is like all the oceans in the earth. We cannot comprehend it. The vastness of his love is insurmountable. We, it, I can't understand it. It is a kind of love that I cannot comprehend. It is a type of unconditional love that I can't understand. But I love what he said. Valentino said this. He said, if we really had the love of God, we, and he's talking about people in general, he said, we wouldn't, we wouldn't murder one another. We wouldn't commit adultery towards one another. We wouldn't hurt one another because we would see each other as God's creation. And we would go, man, I love you. And because I love you, I don't want to do this, 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 or this. And I thought, man, that is such a good way of looking at it. Another thing that he also said is that you cannot come to terms, and we know this, we cannot come to terms on our own. Our, our works are as filthy rags. There's nothing we could do, right? Our, right, our righteousness is as filthy rags. Yep. And uh, he also went on to say, I, I really like this. He said, when you go into a bank, he's all, there's power in the name of Jesus. When you go into the bank to cash a check, uh, you don't go, hey, here's a check. Well, who wrote it? My father. Well, we, we don't know. Who's your father? My father. And then you could say Rockefeller. Oh, okay, we could back that check up. We could totally, there is power in the name. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. And um, I want us to remember that as we move forward, as we as the days come, as the days ebb, that uh, even though we're living on borrowed time, that we need to stay motivated because our Father, who's in heaven, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is coming at any moment, is coming at any moment. And praise God for that encouragement. I always want to end with encouragement, dude. So tell you what, I want to read this. And then if you could tell people about Jesus Christ, I would love that. I would love that. You cool with that? For sure. Okay. So let me read this and then let me get your take on this. I'm going to turn the reins over to you. I'm going to read this. And then this is all you talk to talk to us about this importance. Uh, chapter 3, verse 16, Now it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, 
nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way. To save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. So, in principle, that applies to you, sister, that applies to you, brother, that applies to Zach, and it applies to me too. We are all called to be watchmen. Dude, Zach, talk to us about the importance of being a watchman, and then, bro, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it, it, that scripture puts it perfectly, and that's actually a scripture where I kind of got my name from. It's their blood is on your hands if you are not to grab the opportunity that the Lord gives you to witness to them. You will answer for that. It's it's part of it. And so it, it fully tells us that that alone, I mean, if, if you want to take this in a selfish direction, which I don't recommend doing, but <laughs> you have to understand that you're going to have to answer for all the, the souls where God said, hey, I've got an opportunity for you to talk to this person, to plant that seed, to witness to this person, take that opportunity. And if you don't take that opportunity, their blood's on your hands if they come to death. And so it's very important to understand that this job of watchman, it, that title likes to get thrown uh, thrown around a lot, just like nowadays the title of pastor likes yeah. to get thrown around a lot. It's it's a very, very serious title. It's, it's, it's something that we should not take lightly if you're going to put that upon yourself. And we all, at this point, like I said, in this time, we're given two commands now at, in these last days, this blessed generation that we have of we need to warn people of what is coming, and we need to get them the gospel of the true Jesus Christ. We need to make sure it's the true Jesus Christ, the one of Scripture, because like I said, there's like a thousand different ones now that people like to make up. And so with that, it's very important that we understand that this gift, this the salvation is very simple. It's always the ABCs. I love the way JD, that's where I heard it from JD. I'm sure maybe he got yep. it from somewhere else, but JD puts it, it's the, the ABCs of salvation. People like to add more to it. People like to say it's works and faith or it's works through faith, but no, it is literally grace, the grace of God that gives us this opportunity to, to accept Jesus Christ, that the ultimate sacrifice. And it starts with A, which is you admit that you're a sinner, where we have to understand that one, in order to believe in Jesus Christ, to order, in order to believe that we need a savior, that we need Jesus to save us, we have to admit that we are wretched people, that we are sinful people. And so we have to admit that we need Jesus Christ, admit our sins. And then B is we believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. We have to understand who Jesus Christ is he is the one and only son of God that came down 100% man, 100% God, died on the cross for us. He took the place of death. He defeated death for us, even so much so that we are allowed to taunt death, just like Paul tells us, because he defeated it for us. And then we believe that he died and rose again on the third day. And then C is call upon the Lord. I always attach this to the prayer of when we are asking Jesus Christ and we call upon him, say, Lord, come into my life, come into my heart, and save me. It's the ABCs of salvation. It's that simple. Amen. So, Zach, listen, I want you to pray for those that might want to ask Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. And then on the flip side of that, we'll just take a couple questions, and then I will let you go. I know I kept you over, dude, and I'm so, so sorry. I apologize, oh, brother. All good. All um, good. So why don't you lead us in a word of prayer, and then we'll get to a few questions. All right. 
So if you want to ask the Lord into your heart, if, if you want to be saved today, which there's no better day than to do it right now, there's no better time than to do it right now, you just call upon the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have done wrong, and I do not match to the holiness that you ask of me. Lord Jesus, I know that you came down and died for me and rose again so that I can, I can live eternally in your presence, in the gloriousness of your presence, Lord. Lord Jesus, I call upon you. Please come into my heart, come into my life, and save me, change me, transform me, so that I can be a part of your family in your presence forever, and there's no better place than that. Lord Jesus, come into my life and transform me. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. I hope and pray for anybody that might have prayed that. Let us know. Let me know. Let Zach know. We'll be praying for you. Most important thing is to get into the Word of God, get the Word of God into you, and find, as difficult as unfortunately this is today, find a good Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. That is so much easier said than done nowadays. If you can't find it physically, Find a good one online. Zach has got a great podcast. You've got Pastor Tom, Pastor Jack, Pastor Barry Stagner. You've got Pete Garcia. Yep. Uh, you got Tyler. You've got so many others out there. Um, and also, please, I want to encourage people. Carly, our lovely mod here, she has a YouTube channel. Carly, do me a favor. Um, put your link your YouTube channel here. I want people to go check out your YouTube channel. Guys, I want to encourage you, go check out Carly's channel. She's got some great things on there. Subscribe to her channel and uh, support her via prayer, please. Carly, put that up for us if you don't mind. Um, and then give her a thumbs up. She is doing a fabulous job. And um, just go over there. It's, you'll be encouraged. So there's lots of places where you guys could go online. Technology is a good thing. Um, but Zach, you cool? Let's take a couple questions. If I can answer him, I hold the right to say I don't know. All right. So do I, dude. Uh, so do I. <laughs> You're in the hot seat, though. Would it make it easier? If I did this, would it totally make it easier? <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It, it made you laugh. That's probably... <laughs> I had to do that, man. So, oh, yeah. Dude, okay, so wait. Originally, you're from Cali? Yeah, Cali to Arkansas to Texas. Okay, what part of Cali? Uh, NorCal, about an hour and a half away from South Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay, so you're up north. Yeah. So do you have any family here in Cali? Uh, I've got my mom over there. Okay, so your mom's here. Do you come out to see your mama? Uh, not so much right now. Just a lot of stuff. Yep, it's just I hear not you, possible. dude. <laughs> I hear you, man. I totally get you. Well, um, you're welcome back to Cali anytime you want, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's take a couple questions and um, let's see. First question: uh, Fact. I better say this. I'm going to say this very slowly so as not. <laughs> To fumble on my words, okay? Fact, check these hands. Fact, check these hands. All right. Golf, golf clap. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, um, let me see. What will be the thoughts of those who believe in faith by works when they're still here after the rapture? So we're talking about faith by works. All right. What do you think? Faith by works, dude. Talk oh, about... Man. So, so okay, let me break it down real quick. Um, I can tell you right off the bat that if you're... If anybody... And then just piggyback off of this, all right? If anybody is thinking that they are saved by works, they are deceived, period. Yep. 
on the flip side of the rapture, this is my belief. You talk, dude, Zach, I want you to give your own answer, okay? Mm-hmm. My belief is that on the flip side of the rapture, um, I know I hear talk about there's going to be people that are going to go, dude, I totally missed the rapture. I should have listened to you know my cousin, my wife, my friend, my pastor, whatever it is. And that was the rapture. I have a tendency of believing just slightly different. And that's okay to agree to disagree agreeably. I'm not dogmatic about this because I don't plan on being here. So I don't really know. But at the end of the day, I believe that for those that cannot make a decision for Christ on this side of the rapture, with the freedoms that we still have and we still enjoy, and I mean relatively persecution-free, especially here in this country, if we cannot make a decision for Christ now, how is it possible that they're going to be able to make a decision for Christ when their very neck is on the line? And so... I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I believe that the first ones to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ on the flip side of the rapture are going to be the 144,000. They're called the first fruits of the redeemed. Okay, those are the first ones that are going to come to Jesus Christ of the Jews. But they're the ones that are going to go and spread the gospel to all the world. And so... What are these people's thoughts that thought they might be saved, but it was all through works? Well, they're not saved. They're deceived, unfortunately. And what are they going to be thinking? Who knows what they're going to be thinking? I honestly don't know if there's going to be a, I mean, the deception that's going to be happening one second after the rapture is going to be crazy. It's oh, going yeah. to be crazy. So talk. I think that's where the question was going. Talk to us. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, my thoughts, and just like you, I'm not dogmatic about it because, again, I don't plan on being here either. Yeah. Um, I see. This is where I think the the planting of the seed kind of comes into play because I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, when they're not taken, realize what happens, and they're going to go, "Oh, well, I'm just not good enough," and they're going to completely turn away. But then I think there's going to be some that deep down they're going to know they grew up. It, this is where that scripture of, you know, train a child up in the way that it should go. Sure. They'll never depart, depart from it. That doesn't mean that if you raise a child up in the church, they're always going to be some saint throughout their entire life. For no, sure. that means it's always going to be down there somewhere. They're going to know yeah. the truth. And so I think there's going to be some that when this happens, that's going to flip a switch and go, oh, and they're going to get it. And I think there's going to be some, it may not be a large number, but I do think that that's going to play a part. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, Rome, I don't know off the top of my head uh, what the verse is that says, um, how, uh, how shall they, um, how shall they hear if uh, they're not sent and how will they not be sent if there's not a preacher, something along those lines. Um, let me, it's in Romans. Um here we go. Let me I love this. So it says, for whosoever. This is King James. For those of you guys who love the King James, maybe I should do it in a British accent. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Dude, I actually should record. I actually should record one of those. I should read the Bible in a British accent. Sean Connery. Um, yeah, Sean, don't get me started on Sean Connery. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's go to Romans ten fourteen. I believe that is the verse. And I like the new King James Version. 
Um, let yeah, me get I'm, over there. I'm a new King Jimmy guy myself. Yeah, I like the new King Jimmy. I That's what I use. I know that's what we use at church. If you use another version, hey, God bless you. It's okay to be wrong. No, I'm totally messing. Just not uh, the message or the passion version. Throw those out. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't do that one. The inner. How about the intergalactic version? Um, that one's a great. I'm totally kidding. There's no. Have you ever there. heard the Jesus book, which is the Hawaiian version? It's all written in slang. Is it? Yeah. No way. Is it? <laughs> pi- called, is it pigeon? Called, is it written in pig- pigeon? Yeah, the Jesus book. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it's, it's Romans chapter 10, verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And again, that's kind of also one of the verses that I stand on as well. On the flip side of the rapture, um, they're, they're going to have the gospel, the everlasting gospel preached to them. I know that for sure because the Bible says that. And that's why I'm a firm believer that the first fruits, again, I've encouraged people, go do a study about first fruits in Scripture in the Old Testament. First fruits are the first things to come, right? Whether it was in a harvest, um, and Jesus is called the first fruits of the resurrection. And so the first fruits, I believe that the 144,000 are going to be like 144,000 Apostle Pauls who are going to be sent throughout all the world preaching the everlasting gospel. Here you go. They will be sent... And uh, they'll be able to hear because they're going to have the gospel preached. And that's where I think people are going to come to know the Lord. Now, uh, if you reject Christ on this side, I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying if you reject them on this side, there is a big chance that you're going to reject them on the flip side of the rapture. That's just my thought. Again, I'm not dogmatic about this. I'm not saying people aren't going to. Obviously, the soul harvest that's going to happen on the flip side of the rapture it's going to dwarf 2,000 years of church history, right? The greatest revival the world has ever seen. Ever seen. So obviously people will come to a saving On the other side. I want to make sure people understand. Correct. On the other side. So, um, yeah, I know that was a long-winded answer to your question. Fact. Check these hands. I want to say that slow again. But thank you for the (laughs) question. That was a good one. Uh, Okay, uh, Lori. Uh, why is it thought the false prophet is the Pope? I don't know that I can see a religious figure gaining that much authority over the world. What do you think, dude? What are your thoughts on that? Um, false prophet, it's not not um, who I think, uh, what's his name, Pope Francis right yeah. now. That's, that's for sure. Honestly, I don't know. I've heard so many variations. This is one of those things where I don't necessarily have my own mind made up. I've just heard different variations where it could be the next pope it could be somebody who's involved with technology i've heard people like harari could be him i've heard people like elon musk could be him there's so many different theories out there this is honestly something that i don't think i've ever made up my own mind on yeah um i just kind of roll with it because it's kind of to me it's kind of like looking for the antichrist we're not supposed to be looking for the antichrist why would we we'd be looking for the false pope there's other things that we could be looking for but that's my my own position yeah. That's my own. No, no, no. That's good. I listen at the end of the day. Um, I read don't Revel- plan on being here. <laughs> no, I don't. And, and I read Revelation uh, 13, the second half. We know that. Um, and let me get on over there. So he's got to have some semblance of, of biblical knowledge, I think, yeah. beyond a shadow of a doubt, because that is one of the ways that he deceives. Says he has two horns. 
and uh, like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And uh, so there's going to be mass deception. Um, I don't know. This pope is Jorge Bergoglio is his real name. He's from Argentina. And uh, he's old. I mean, I'm not saying that. I don't know if the dude takes a shot of formaldehyde every day to preserve himself. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't know how long he's going to last. Only the Lord knows that. Is this the guy? Um, I don't know. Uh, and we know he's having serious health problems now yeah. anyways. He's been to the hospital several times in the past years. So. Yeah, so probably not because think about it. Let's say rapture happens today. Praise the Lord. That would be amazing. But let's say Please? The, yeah, right? <laughs> let's say it happens today. Again, I believe there is a gap between the beginning of the tribulation and post-rapture. So I Same. I believe it's at least three and a half years. I know there are wonderful brothers and sisters that disagree with me. Totally okay, no big deal. Like Andy, uh, Doctor Andy Wood says, when we get to heaven, we're all gonna adjust our charts. Um, I'm not even gonna take my chart with me. Forget that, dude. I'm leaving my <laughs> chart here. You know. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, so there's gonna be a period of time, and then you have at least three and a half years from the you know the first half where the the false prophet is not gonna be the one that's uh, the um, the the head over the false religious system. There is going to be a false religious system first three and a half years, but it's not going to be the false prophet. That is yep. second half. So we're looking at, who knows, years and years and years at least from today. If the Lord tarries, who knows how much longer. So this guy lasting that long is highly unlikely, highly unlikely. I would imagine it's a very charismatic individual as well. Um, like we read there, you know, has two horns like a lamb, so looks pious, looks very good, but speaks like a dragon, super blasphemous. I tend to lean that he's going to be involved in some way with technology with the way things are going, because that's going to be a way to broadcast to people. Yeah, well, so. and it, it would make sense, like, for example, if we read on here in chapter 13, folks, it says in verse 15, he was grounded, granted power to give breath right? I think the word there I wrote here is pneuma, breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So there's some sort of AI going on here. Demonic AI. Yeah, demonic. I believe it's going to be possessed. It's going to be possessed. 100%. Point, so. I agree. So it may be, may very well be. Uh, who knows? At the end of the day, uh, like Dr. Ed Heinsohn used to say, we're looking for the upper taker, not the undertaker, right? So praise <laughs> God for is. that. Uh, okay, SC Grandma. I love the name. SC Grandma says, uh, how do you determine... Oh, we, we answered this question. How do you... Okay, I'm throwing this one to you. I'm not even going to... How do you determine which songs are okay and what songs are not okay to listen to? Yeah, so, I mean, we kind of put that, but the basic nutshell, it's you got to do your work. You got to see... Who is first look at the song, then look at who is writing the song, what group is he a part of, and then then you can kind of determine it from there. Something else to pay attention to is wolves always run together. So if you see songs being played by questionable groups and then another person is playing it out on his own thing, most likely that they're fellowshipping together, and that's another warning to stay away as well. So do your homework. A lot of people don't want to do it. Do your homework. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more, and I'm not going to add anything else. Okay, Christine Bennett. Zach, suggestions for witness. This is for you, dude. Suggestions for witnessing to a friend who loves groups like Bethel 
Elevation, Brandon Lake. She's a Christian, but loves this music. If you're able to sit down together with this friend, something I recommend is there's a guy by the name of, and I, I endorse him. Um, I actually, if you go on my channel, I've got recommended channels on there of people who I recommend for this stuff. But if you can sit down and watch uh, Spencer Smith's third Adam series together, it goes in depth from history to the spiritual side of all this stuff, including the music. What is it, dude? Tell me again, because I'll, I'll throw that in the chat right now. Spencer Smith's third Adam series. He's got three of them. He's working on a fourth one right now. Spencer Smith's, is that third like 3RD or the word third, like third day? The word third. Third what? Spencer Smith's third? Adam. Adam series? Yep. Okay, I just put it up there, folks, in the chat Um, whenever it decides to pop up. It's uh, there. Okay, cool. So there it is. Spencer Smith's third Adam series. I'll have to get my hands on that as well. Cool. Uh, it's on YouTube and it's free. Cool. And you know what? Actually, I might, is that a video? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a three-part series. Great. So um, you know what? Actually, since we're folks, since we're over here and we're just, we're hanging out and this is, um, you know, it'd be great if I knew how to type. Uh, Honestly, it, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, it off. No, no, no. But... Do it by all means. When I was coming out of the NAR church, uh, that series was about the third or fourth thing that I came upon that really, that was the light bulb for me where I was like, okay, I'm done with this. So that's, it was actually his third Adam series that it really helped me bring it out. So very cool. All right. So let me show everybody. I typed it in on YouTube. It's right here. It is called this one right here, right? Third Adam, Spencer yep. Smith. Um, yep. And that is, I believe this is part one right yeah, there. Yeah, that's the first one. Okay, very cool. So it's there. Um, you know what? I'll throw this link in the description, folks, for you guys to be able to, to well, actually, it's not enter. I actually have to click send. Dude, duh. Duh moment. Okay, so let's go to, um, you, you cool to hang for a little longer? Let's go for it. Man. All right, let's do it. So love it. SC Grandma asked another good question here. Uh, these are two questions that are along the same vein. So SC Grandma Deborah asked, um, SC Grandma asked, is it best to stick with old time hymns? Deborah asked, are old time gospel songs okay to listen to? Um, I'm, this is my opinion. I stick with the hymns. If I'm going to sing Christian music, um, I know there's good sound people that kind of modernize the old hymns a little bit. So if you're not into the old piano stuff, you can still find old hymns with updated instruments and stuff. I stick with the old hymns. There are some hymns though, again, you need to pay attention to who is writing them. Yeah, absolutely. I am going to show you guys uh, one of the uh, albums, uh, multiple albums that I love to listen to uh, when it comes to hymns. Um, let me see if I could find it on YouTube. That way you guys could get, here it is. Um, let me show you guys. Let me click over here. I'm not going to so play piano's it. Got it. That, that's a commercial, guys, just in case. <laughs> commercial break. Yeah, commercial break. And I have to pause this. Um, but it is this one right here. It is called Maranatha Singers, Hymns, and Choruses. I have a load of these albums, and they are great. They're by the Maranatha Vocal Band. Right there, it says Maranatha Vocal Band. This is another somebody else's channel. But it's really, really, really good. So if you guys want to listen to great, great hymns, and I listen to these a lot, it's that one. And another one, if I can encourage you guys to listen to, is called Integrity Worship. Integrity Worship. 
um, they're really good as well. Uh, they have the instrumental version of the hymns. They have the sung version of the hymns. I would imagine that uh, there might be a very, very small handful, maybe three to five, six hymns that might not be. Yeah, very, very little. You know, yeah. theologically accurate. But at the end, the the hymns are great. And I love old hymns. I love old hymns. And I'll tell you why, folks. And Zach, get, get your, um, I want to get your take on this. The hymns, as far as I know, the hymns were always to lift his name up, to bring his glory. They were always about God. They were always about elevating the name of Jesus Christ. And, and it was all about him. The new stuff is all about me my experience right am i wrong yep. dude no you're you nailed it you nailed it because yeah if you look at the old hymns even though there's some songs like one is uh i am thine O lord even though it's technically written about us it's literally about uplifting the power of jesus and then we can celebrate because of that so even the ones that are like i yeah it's really still about that and if you look at the modern stuff yeah it's about me what can god do for me he's like Quoting Bethel's Jen Johnson, uh, yeah. I look at the Holy Spirit as like a genie, and it's all about what can he do for me, or it's so simple that it's just a boyfriend-girlfriend love song that you can't even tell who it's written for. Yeah, it totally is. I agree 100%. Okay, so uh, folks, let's see. A couple more questions, and then we are golden. So um, Val Halloran. Val Haller, I would have made a terrible teacher. I would, I probably would have sent kids home crying because I mispronounced their names so terribly bad, <laughs> like Spiro versus Spiro. Zach, you would have gone home crying. The teacher, he's got a big beard and he didn't say my name. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is, that, is that the present? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it is it time to go yet? Um. Okay. So, uh, Val Halloran uh, said, I missed the first part, but is there a projected timeline for banks to collapse? And central bank digital currencies implemented. Do you think we'll be here for for full implementation? Take it away, dude. Um, there is a timeline. We don't know it. They have a timeline set up that they're trying to go for. They may be early. They may be late. We don't know it. All we can do is just take the information that we have and roll with it. As far as whether we'll be here for it, I don't think we'll be here when the global version of the CBD runs out. As far as will we be here if CBDC does roll out, uh, it's already out in 11 countries right now. Wow, that's crazy, dude. 11? Yep. It's the small stuff like Bahamas and stuff like that. They've got it rolling out, but it is out there. Well, can I show you guys another picture? I love Go. pictures. Okay. And this is along the same lines and it, when i'm out i'm thinking about you guys i'm thinking about the family all right so Aww. yeah i i know isn't that it's so heartwarming I, i'm all warm and fuzzy inside uh, yeah it's definitely time to go now <laughs> <laughs> okay so um the last time i ate a donut i don't remember but i like chocolate glazed donuts it's chocolate a chocolate donut like actually the whole thing it's like devil's cake chocolate and then it's glazed so the only place in Pasadena that had that was Dunkin' Donuts. So we went into Dunkin' Donuts, and this is what we ran into. And this is where we're going, folks. Okay, Dunkin' Donuts. I know you guys could all see that little sign. Well, you probably can't see that little sign, but it says wait here. And then that one right there, man, the light's so bright. This one right here, uh, right there, 
I'll tell you what it says. It says we are cashless. Yep. So there is no money exchanged in that store. Everything is done via the kiosk. You order. It was pretty crazy. Let me see if I could show it. This is a monitor. This is a screen right here where it says order here. You actually tap on it and you pick everything there. You place your order. You pay right there. Right there's the point of sale right there. And that's it. They just they package your order. They call and done. That's where we're moving. McDonald's and Taco Bell and stuff have the same thing. You walk in, it's just the board. You don't even they don't even have anybody at the cash registers anymore. Yeah. It's all so, digital. So totally cashless. We're moving there very, very rapidly. The question is, are we going to be here to see the total collapse, the full implementation? I don't think we're going to be here to see the full implementation. I no. do not. Not at all. And think about this, folks. In order for us to go completely digital, you have to lay the groundwork, meaning there has to be the pipelines to say have to be laid. You have to remember that there are still tons of countries out there that don't have the digital infrastructure to be able to go on board with a digital currency. There's a lot that do, but there's still those that don't. And you, you have to have that laid out in order for the entire world to be able to join this digital currency. We're not there yet. It's a lot of, uh, I believe there's a lot of computing power that has to happen with that too. One thing I keep saying is folks, keep your eyes on quantum computing, quantum computing. And NVIDIA just made an announcement yesterday that they are expanding their um, development of quantum computing right now. Yeah. And and so there's also another aspect that people don't realize is everybody's looking for the CBDC. And yeah, pay attention to that. But something I always remind people is the digital ID wallet has to come first. The CBDC won't work without that. So we don't even have the digital ID out yet. I mean, there's so many versions out there, but that's not even out yet. So that's, yeah. uh, you got to kind of align these things up and the CBDC can't happen first without that digital ID. So. I agree 100%. And the other thing we got to remember is what will the rapture bring to the table? There is going to be, when the rapture happens, there is going to be this massive interruption in the infrastructure all around the entire globe so they have to they have to be able to regroup regather fix the infrastructure before they can move forward with a complete rollout of a central digital uh, uh central bank digital currency so we're not there i i believe 100% that we will not see the complete rollout of that if you see the complete rollout of that I don't plan on being here, so don't call me. Don't email me because you're not going to get an answer from me. And don't do voicemail. that with Zach either. Yeah, voicemail. Um, uh, let's see. Where uh, uh, Lavera Woods was Point of Grace, a group of authentic believers in your opinion. I went to a concert long ago. That's you, dude. When I played with them, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I've seen that some of their latest stuff, they've played some Hillsong music, but... I do believe that they are 100% genuinely saved. That's cool. Yes. Yeah, I remember. I'll, you want you want a throwback? I used to go with my sister to listen to bands like uh, groups like Benny Hester. This is way before your day. Dude, what what year were you born, dude? Like 2015? 92. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I was born yesterday. Actually. Yeah, okay. You are born yet. So 92. Oh, yeah, dude, way before your day, dude. There was a gal by the name of Kim Boyce. I don't know if a lot of you guys remember Kim Boyce, except fabulous voice. Really, really good. A lot of good Christian artists 
uh, back in the uh, early 80s, uh, there was a, a group called DeGarmo and Key. I used to listen to. I still do. Um, and another one that our bro Pete Garcia likes. Um, oh, my. Uh, Crumbacher. Grumbacher. No, I thought Grumbacher. you were going to say Carmen for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's your favorite. That's no, your favorite. Which, which is Invitation. I know you play that every day oh, on the radio, man. dude. The champion. You play you play the champion song every day on repeat. your yeah repeat repeat repeat. <laughs> so no, Crumbacher, uh, dude. Good good band. A lot of good bands back there. Steve Steve Green was really good. I liked him a lot. Uh, Keith Green. Okay, guys, let me see if I could. I know I'm totally deviating. I'm so sorry, family. I, I promise we'll be done very very soon. I promise. Sorry, dude. I have a picture. Of Keith Green. You know who Keith Green is, right? The the yes. artist Keith Green. Really cool beard. I'm telling you, I saw a picture of Keith Green the other day. And let me see if I could find it. It totally looked like Tyler, dude. From Generation 2434. No Do we joke. have a time traveler situation happening? Dude, here? dude, let me see if I can pull it. Tyler, if you're listening to this, this totally looks like you, dude. Kind of, well... Kind of at a glance. This one, not so much. I'm trying to see if I could. F okay, let me just go over here. Dude, does that not look like Tyler right there, dude, with a beard and tons of curly hair? To me, it did. I'm like, maybe a little, maybe a little thicker nose, but yeah, it could be like his dad or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It was your, like this one right here, his Easter song album. I think it's this one right there, dude. That so looks like Tyler. I could see it. Man, sorry, bro. He That's needs a, to get grow his hair like you that. Gotta, next live string, put a wig on like dude, that. Dude, seriously, Tyler, if you're <laughs> listening to this, you gotta put a wig on, dude. <laughs> so so and you know, I know you could sing, Tyler. Tyler, by the way, has a really, really good voice. Um, he sings, he's got some pipes. So you gotta come up with you gotta sing the Easter song for us, dude. Anyways, all right, brother. So that'll be a wrap, folks. I know we went way over. Zach, dude, thank you so, so much, brother. This no was great. I, I did see one question real quick. Somebody Go for asked it, please. What, what, what part of Arkansas I was from because they're from Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas. That's where I was at. Where at? Fayetteville, Arkansas. That's where I was at. Would it be? Can I do like a super, super corny joke? I don't even know where I don't even know where the the sound effect would be for, you know, like a bad joke. But I have crickets. it in. Oh, here it is. No, no. Yeah, that would be. I do have crickets right there. Yeah. There's the crickets. Anyways, okay. So I heard that Arkansas is in the Bible when Noah looked out of the ark and saw. Is that bad? That was so bad, dude. All right. We will leave. We will leave on that note. Zach, brother, thank you so much. It was a huge, huge blessing to have you on. Thanks um, for having me, man. You bet. 100%. I am putting Carly, our lovely mod, on notice right now. You know what, dude? We should do a three-way. But then if we do a three-way, I'm going to have to ask Tyler to, to mod for us. You're going to need some backups. Yeah, I'm going to need some backups. <laughs> but Carly, I'm putting you on notice that I'm going to have you on as well. So, um, so get prepped for that. We're going to have Carly on, and we're going to talk to Carly, and it is going to be a good time. Brother... Dude, um, final closing words. Guys, we're at the end here, and that doesn't mean take a break. We need to sprint, spread the gospel, and warn of what's coming. Amen. Amen. And let me leave you guys with this encouraging verse, family. It is out of Isaiah chapter 43, 
verses 18 and 19, and it says this, do not, rem- um, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love that verse because it tells me, don't look back, look ahead, because what is coming is going to blow our socks off, and it's coming sooner than any of us think. So remember, get into the Word of God, get the Word of God into you, and I really, really do pray that you guys were blessed, encouraged, challenged, challenged, challenged. We are at the we are at the very end. Folks, share Jesus Christ with as many people as you possibly can. Listen, things are getting terribly dark in the world, but for us as believers, our future and our days that lie ahead are getting gloriously brighter. So share that with as many people as you can. As Zach said, share Jesus with a world that so desperately needs him. So remember, folks, to keep looking up because our redemption is coming any moment. Lord bless you guys. Until the next one, see you guys.